It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Happy Monday, everybody. It's a Victory Monday. We're breaking it all down on today's episode. Rapid react from the 49ers win in New York over the Giants. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, favorite shops, local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because... Where and how you shop matters. Visa everywhere you want to be. Official partner of the NFL. Brian Peacock, your host with you on this Rapid React episode. Breaking down the week three win. 36-9. 49ers over the Giants. Niners improving to 2-1 on the season. Giants fall to 0-3. 49ers missing, what, 10 starters combined. And they didn't act like it. You would have never known watching that game that they were missing important pieces. And it sure didn't look like it, I'm sure, to the New York Giants that they were missing a lot of important pieces of this fo- football game. Two of their, they're probably their two best players. Quarterback, that's probably the place we should start. Who was out and who was replacing him? So the 49ers were missing, and this is just starters. They were missing other players too, but Jimmy Garoppolo, quarterback, tight end George Kittle, running back Raheem Mostert, wide receiver Debo Samuel, who is scheduled to come off IR next week. He should be practicing the week leading up to the primetime matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles. Not sure if he'll play in week four, if they will hold him out until week five. But Debo Samuel getting close. Center at Weston Richburg still on pup list after six weeks. He can come back and start practicing with the team. On the defensive side of the ball, Nick Bosa, D4. D4, I guess technically not a starter, but um, impact player nonetheless. Defensive tackle, Solomon Thomas. Linebacker, Dre Greenlaw. And cornerback, Richard Sherman. They were all out in this game, as were others for the 49ers. Who was starting in their place? At quarterback, it was Nick Mullins. Running back, Jarek McKinnon. Both had nice games, even though it started slow for McKinnon. More on that later. Uh, I don't know who's... This is going to be interesting. When Debo's back, is it Ayuk who goes to the bench and gets filtered back in? Or is it Kendrick Bourne? i got to believe it's Kendrick Bourne, right? They want the most dynamic weapons they can out there. I think that's the way this is setting up. It's Brandon Ayuk on one side with the veteran, which I like that pairing of the veteran helping out the rookie with Mohamed Sanu being the guy who rotates in and out with Brandon Ayuk on one side. Then the other side, it's Kendrick Bourne and Debo Samuel, who can both play multiple positions so they could bounce back and forth, play in the slot, and, and play all three spots. Ross Dwelly getting the start at tight end, and then it was a lot of Jordan Reed, then Jordan Reed getting hurt. And Ross Dwelly taking over in the second half. Loved what I saw from Ross Dwelly there. Ben Garland in at center for, they were in the third streak center to start this season. So uh, upgrade to Ben Garland so far, and, and he played a nice game. And then obviously Weston Richburg is the highly paid center that the 49ers want to have in there once he is back. On defense, Kerry Hyder at defensive end, Javon Kinlaw. And I put an asterisk next to Javon Kinlaw because not technically the starter, but he was going to be the starter sooner or later, even without Solomon Thomas's 
injury. So he just gets that job a little earlier. But but he still played about the same amount of snaps. Like he wasn't in there a lot. I didn't see the snap count. And again, flashed a couple plays, but didn't make a massive impact in the game. But you know, flashed all of that ability on the plays where you did see Javon Kinlaw make an impact. Aziz Alshair was in there, not technically starting, but he was in there quite a bit at strong side linebacker. Niners were in nickel to start the game, so Kwan Williams was in the game. And Jason Verrett getting the start at cornerback in place of Richard Sherman. And they all played pretty good. This team didn't feel bad for themselves with all the injuries. They came out fired up, ready to play. Depth, next man up. I love the mentality I saw from the 49ers against the Giants. Nick Mullins, let's start there, targeting Jordan Reed early and often in this game. He did so much damage with George Kittle in 2018. That is his strength in the middle of the field, just as it is Jimmy Garoppolo's. Um, Reed just missed that highlight touchdown catch in the first quarter. Hurt his ankle and knee on that play. Would end up coming in and then leaving the game again with that injury. Um, Just one of two misses on third downs, by the way, for Mullins in the first quarter of the game. He was four of six on third downs. Really sustained Long drives, which was so important for this game and for the 49ers offense. He took a sack from Blake Martinez. There was a delayed blitz right up the middle. Didn't see him. Uh, He was looking downfield at nobody open. So it was a bit of a coverage sack, but also he's got to see that guy coming right down Broadway at him. It was a little bit delayed. So it's probably why he didn't recognize him pre-snap that that Martinez was coming. And he tried to sidestep him last second, but he could have got out of there, maybe made a play with his legs and gotten some help from a receiver that was uh, on the move with him, but ended up taking a sack there. So, you know, there were a couple bad plays. It wasn't all perfect for uh, for Nick Mullins, but it was really good, mostly. He was late and behind Brandon Ayuk in the end zone. There was, they le- I mean, they left points off the board early in the game, too. There was the Ayuk play. Should have been Ayuk's first career touchdown reception there. Uh, it was a good play by Isaac Yidham. The DB came across. He might have still been able to get their hand, his hand in there, even if it was a, a good throw or a better throw. If it was a perfect throw, though, probably should have been a touchdown to Ayuk in the end zone there. Making third down throws, man, just from jump in the first quarter, Nick Mullins, it jumped out to me. Uh, he hit Mohamed Sanu on a slant for his first catch with the 49ers, setting up that first and goal where he would eventually miss Ayuk and then barely miss Reed in the back of the end zone where they settled for three. Touchdown pass to Jarek McKinnon. Called back, though, there was a hands-to-the-face penalty on Dan Brunskill. So, again, leaving points on the board there. The, the 49ers could have blown out the Giants sooner and by even more points. In the second quarter, Jordan Reed sidelined briefly. No problem for Mullins. Calmly hits Ross Dwelly for 14 yards. Dwelly had a really nice game. Late in the second quarter, stands in, goes through his reads. Nobody's open. Then finds McKinnon out of the backfield who... Uh, goes up to make a great catch. I love Jarek McKinnon as a third down back. Like He's such a good player there, even if he doesn't have the speed he once did. I uh, love the play from both players, actually, McKinnon and Mullins on this play. But again, another first and goal situation, and the 49ers had to settle for three. So at one point in the game, it should have been 13-3, to and it was only 6-3. to Ended up being 16-6 to at halftime, but it was really important. Even those drives that ended up in field goals, that Giants defense was on the field so much, and the 49ers dominated in time of possession. I saw the time of possession multiple times. I don't have it pulled up right now. Let's pull it up real quick, what that what the final time of possession was for the 49ers. I mean, that Giants defense was just on the field too much. You can't win like that. Yeah, 40 to 20, essentially, possession time for the 49ers, 39-44 to 2016. The 49ers just dominated that game. They kept drives alive, and the Giants didn't. So the, the Niners made enough plays to win, 
and they could have won by even more. They they left some points on the board, as I mentioned. Nick Mullins, what are we talking about? Nick Mullins, so 16-6 to six at halftime, showing off some improved arm strength. He had talked about this in the offseason where he had worked on his strength, and his arm was supposed to be a little bit bigger. And in the second half in week two, he missed a throw bad to Trent Taylor outside the numbers, and you thought, ah, yeah, see, that, that arm's not going to play. You can't be a starting quarterback and not make throws like that. But he got the ball outside the numbers a lot better in this game, it looked like to me, and multiple times. So that was really good to see for Nick Mullins. He didn't need to throw very far, though, on a screen pass to Jeffrey Wilson for a touchdown, putting the Niners up 29-9 to in the fourth quarter. Mullins creating plays, and you could see the confidence grow. I love the way they don't treat him like a backup. They're like, yes, this is our dude, Nick Mullins. And I love seeing that from his teammates, and they all rallied together. And the, the atmosphere in this game and the way this locker room is put together, I think it's probably the crown jewel on... John Lynch's cap right now as GM of the 49ers is the type of people he's brought into the building because you can see it when there's adversity with this team and they have so many injuries. The depth is there. So hats off to the coaching staff for getting players ready to play. Hats off to the scouting staff and the personnel department for bringing in a lot of good players that are ready to play and have the right mentality, which is so huge for this team. The craziest stat, which came up in the fourth quarter, was that there were zero punts so far in the game, and it would end with zero punts for the 49ers. They had nine drives that sustained them all, got points on every single drive aside from a missed field goal. Zero punts in the game. Last time that's happened for the 49ers was week 16, 1993. Pretty amazing. Another beautiful throw from Mullins. Dig route to Brandon Ayuk over the middle of the field. Just beyond the outstretched arms of a defender underneath. Jeff Wilson, undefeated still on Texas routes. Mullins feeling it in the second half. Uh, the Wilson reception sets up a Wilson touchdown run. That put the 49ers up with the final score of 36-9. to And it was clear that that Giants defense was gassed in the second half. Even the things that were going well for them in the first half. And that triangle of defenders in the middle of the, of the defense with Dexter Lawrence and Tomlinson and... Leonard Williams, and Blake Martinez, who had a really good game. It didn't matter because they, they were just sucking air by the second, and, and really in the first half, too, in some places. But by the fourth quarter of that game, the 49ers could just have their way with them because they were cooked. So a great game overall by Nick Mullins in his first start of the season. First start in a couple of years. 25 of 36 passing, 343 yards, a touchdown pass, and a quarterback rating of 108.8. Nine, getting it done, sustained drives. Love what I saw from the 49ers offense despite missing so many players. Uh, who else stood out in this game? 49ers defensive line missing a lot of talent. And rookie wide receiver Brandon Ayuk getting more involved. And of course, I'll give out some game balls here on this Rapid React episode. 49ers over the Giants week three. Locked on 49ers. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair, everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you support you need 
where it matters most. That's the one I need uh, on right around the area of my right knee, and that area seems to be growing throughout my body. <laughs> and to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering our listeners 25% off your next order when you use promo code LOCKEDONNFL at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD. Dot com. Use promo code Locked On NFL for twenty five dollars off your purchase of Superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Like the way Brandon Ayuk took another step forward, got integrated a little bit more into the offense in week three than he did in his debut in week two. And by the way, I broke down his entire debut on Friday's episode. If you want to go back and hear that, um, maybe we'll talk a little bit more about the rookies later on. And I'm sure we will. And the Niners drafted two first round players and we'll talk a lot more about them the rest of the season. I'll do a lot more film review and breakdown of those players. I think if you want a short version of that, the early returns are, I think it's clear that the 49ers drafted a couple of good players in the first round. And that's really important to not be whiffing on those types of picks because, uh, you know, it's about 50% and, Niners got two good players and they're going to develop at different rates and they're two different human beings and we'll see how their careers go, but they're two talented guys and I think the 49ers are going to be okay with both of those players and it's pretty clear and Kyle Shanahan wanted to get the ball in and I'm glad and that it was really important in this game to get the ball in Brandon Ayuk's hands and early first play of the game jet sweep it was only three yards, but um, and it stood out first half second half descriptive plays. Brandon Ayuk was heavily involved in those. So maybe that's part of it. In the flow of the game, more difficult to get the rookie involved. Maybe he doesn't know what's going on as much as the ones you can practice all week and go, look, we know we're going to have a first, second, third down here. We know exactly what you're going to do. You can practice it all week long. You know what's going to happen to start the first half and the second half. So a jet sweep on the first play for three yards, jet motion on the second play. The handoff went the other way, though, to Jarek McKinnon on that play. Then after a third down conversion to, I think it was Jordan Reed, right, on that very first series. Uh, they went right back to the jet sweep for nine yards to Brandon Ayuk. So three motions, three jet motions, essentially in the first four plays, and three of them went to Ayuk. So I, I love scheming him the ball early and then getting to him more again later. Uh, not much usage of the rest of the first half, though, after those scripted opening plays for Ayuk. In the third quarter, though, getting Ayuk involved to start the second half, slant, uh, nice routes, a pair of slants. One was a little bit longer stem than the than the other, and both nice balls from, you know, a pair of nice balls from BDN is what I put in my notes. Don't at me there. Ayuk uh, gets a few more after the catch, and I, I love that. I mean, that should be the trend with him. That is what you're going to see with Brandon Ayuk. He took a slant, and he's going to get more yards. He, he's, he darts after he gets the ball. He can run through an arm tackle, and he gets upfield. He runs like a scared deer at times. Like, it's instant. It's like, you know, when you make a sound, and a deer's drinking a little water out of a brook, and you're trying to creep up on the deer, and it hears your foot crackle on a twig, 
and it bolts. That's what Brandon Ayuk looks like after he catches the ball. It's awesome to watch. A couple of first downs there. Uh, nice to see a completion outside the numbers, by the way, from uh, Mullins to Ayuk on the out route, too. That, that was a pretty ball, and I love seeing that. Brandon Ayuk's first career touchdown, not a reception, on the ground. He ran the ball a number of times in this game. Uh, end around here, showing some speed and vision as a runner, but really, he was being escorted into the end zone by multiple 49ers. Mike McGlinchey, Ben Garland, Kyle Juszczyk, all out in front. Uh, that put the 49ers up 23-9 to in the second half. Overall, Brandon Ayuk's stat line was three rushes for 31 yards and a touchdown and another five receptions for 70 yards. So by my calculations, that's eight total touches and 101 yards and a touchdown for the rookie. So a really nice game for Brandon Ayuk. And by the way, he was the leading receiver for the 49ers, both receptions and receiving yards. So a pretty nice immediate connection with Nick Mullins and the rookie Brandon Ayuk. Tight ends heavily involved, as you would expect, and the 49ers are fine at tight end, even with George Kittle out. You want to have George Kittle in there, obviously. But Jordan Reed, uh, he had six total targets. He only pulled in two of them. They were going, they were, I mean, he was peppering Jordan Reed with targets in the first half. Two catches for 23 yards. Then Ross Dwelly had four more catches for 49 yards. Really nice game from Ross Dwelly. Caught all four of his targets in that football game. Getting the running backs involved as well. Jeff Wilson and Jarek McKinnon both had three catches. The rookie, Jamichael Hasty got his first taste of NFL action. Looked quick out there. One reception for nine yards and had two carries for nine yards, averaging four and a half on his two carries. Definitely a lot of quicks, and he's low to the ground, but he's got some thickness to him, and he's not afraid. I liked how he finished one of those runs as well. Were the 49ers trying to hide Jamichael Hasty a little bit just in case they need to sneak him back onto the practice squad if he puts out too much good film and runs wild in a game or just looks really good. Teams are going to see that. Teams are scouting film all the time, and they're going to try to claim Jermichael Hasty potentially. So, And look, with Tevin Coleman on IR, with the attrition level at running back, maybe they'll never need to put him back, and he's on the active roster to stay. I think it looked like he looked like somebody who should stick on an active roster. The 49ers have a number of running backs, though, and when everyone's healthy, when Tevin Coleman comes back off IR, that's going to be a tough decision for them. And will they be able to get him back onto IR if he, if he does look good in the meantime? That's going to be a big question for the 49ers. And maybe a reason why he wasn't heavily involved in this game. The 49ers don't want to put too much film of him out there in case they want to try to get him back on the practice squad. Early on in the game, Jarek McKinnon wasn't having much success at all. He was looking a little hesitant um, and, and I think it's clear he doesn't have the burst he once did as a player. And I think I tweeted out something to the effect of, look, Jeff Wilson and Jamichael Hasty, they're not definitely not less explosive than Jarek McKinnon at this point. What are you gaining by giving Jarek McKinnon so many carries? What he's had to deal with injury-wise, like, wouldn't it be a lot smarter to really use him as the third down back in the passing game? Maybe work him in in the running game, but they treated him like a bell cow back earlier on in the game. And I was thinking, man, if, if he gets hurt, I mean, that's just a, cause you want his skills all season long as a pass catcher. Like that's where he has some special ability. That's where he can really help the 49ers. I don't think he's a standout pure running back. And he really hasn't been throughout his career. His career average yards per carry is like 3.8 or something like that. So don't run Jerick McKinnon into the ground was sort of my point. And then he did have a couple nice runs and had the touchdown run, which is good to see, but still ended up with 2.7 yards per carry in the game. 
Jeff Wilson, not much better. 12 carries, worse, 12 carries for 15 yards, so 1.3 yards per carry. Hasty did look nice and quick on his couple of runs for uh, two rushes for nine yards, so four and a half yards per carry there. But again, that's the that's the strength of the New York Giants defense was that stout ability inside and their ability to stop the run on early downs. Didn't matter against the 49ers. They, basically, they, they eventually wore them down anyway. But just looking at this team, if Mostert misses another game, don't run Jarek McKinnon into the ground. And he did get, he left this game with a rib injury. Like, you need him out there as a pass catcher. He's not necessarily better than anybody else as a pure running back, in my opinion, on the 49ers. So don't risk him getting hurt so he can't help you where he's best at helping you by using him where he's not going to help you that much. That's my point with Jarek McKinnon. And I still stick by that, even though he did have that nice touchdown run behind Trent Williams and a nice block from his fullback, Kyle Juszczyk. We've got to get into the defensive side of the ball, the defensive line. Jason Verrett. Oh, Jason Verrett. I loved seeing Jason Verrett out there. He looked like close to, you know, similar, facsimile to the guy that I saw at TCU. The, the Santa Rosa Junior College kid, and it's awesome to see him back on the field. And he had a really good game for the 49ers. Like, you know, stat-wise, it was cool, but just seeing the confidence he was playing with and seeing him break on the ball and seeing him play free and play explosive, that was awesome to see because he's a really good player. Like, if he's, if he's going to continue to stay healthy and play anywhere near what, he used to be like that is an awesome starting caliber cornerback that the 49ers were able to pull off the trash heap. Now that's a big if, if he can stay healthy, but he looked good and he looked close to the real Jason Verrett that I remember. And he had, you know, a quarterback hit in there on that. I believe that was from his fourth down stop. I thought he had a pass breakup, but there's no official passes defensed on here, but he, he, he did a really good job in coverage. Saw him flying around. I loved how he moved. Uh, I definitely wanted to bring up Jason Verrett. Loved what I saw from him out there in this uh, surprise start for him, actually, with Richard Sherman going out and Akella Witherspoon then hurt with the hamstring. And I thought he might have started over Witherspoon anyway just because he was healthy, and he definitely outplayed what we've seen from Witherspoon recently. So, I mean, he's the starter. It's Verrett and um, probably Mosley. I don't know. We'll see. Mosley's in concussion protocol, so... Uh, if he can't come back, then maybe Witherspoon's back in there next week. The 49ers might have to go shopping again at the position. Dante Johnson didn't play terrible either. I mean, I was kind of impressed. I thought the, I thought the Giants were going to start targeting the heck out of him once Emmanuel Mosley left the game. And he gave up a pass to Darius Slayton, and that was the matchup. It was like, oh, no, here's the matchup. They're going to exploit it. And Dante Johnson got a PBU shortly after that. Uh, he was jazzed up. He was playing with confidence like the – the mentality of the team was amazing to see all these guys step up and play well. And Dante Johnson's one that I thought, oh man, this might be the end. Like this might be where that death is just tested too hard. And he showed up too. So that was awesome to see. Let's get into the defensive line next. Give out some game balls here on Lockdown 49ers. Did you know there are new flavors of Built Bar? If you've had Built Bars in the past, you know how good they are. And they've got some fantastic new flavors that you should be excited to try. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, Apple Almond Crisp, uh, they've got their 12 original flavors as well. You've heard me talk about the peanut butter flavor that I love. Double chocolate's good. Uh, mint brownie's also one of my favorites. 18 fantastic flavors to choose from. You can get a box of just one flavor and get multiple boxes. You can build your own box of Built Bars as well. 
They're covered in 100% delicious chocolate. It is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, soft and easy to chew. Great if you're health conscious, trying to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber bar that is also great for a keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your next order. That's BuiltBar, B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Some game notes on the 49ers defensive line. Were they going to be good enough without Nick Bosa, without D Ford? Was this... Which was the strength of the team coming in. There's a lot of depth there. They still have some talent. A couple of first rounders still in there starting for them. But was it going to be too much to be missing that much talent on the defensive line? And it turns out it wasn't. They were up to the task at least this week. And they got pressure without Nick Bosa and D Ford. Yes, they, you know, it was, and it helps to be going against a really bad Giants offensive line. I think that's one thing to remember in all of this. But man, what, three? Three quarterback hits from Kerry Hyder. Javon Kinlaw flashing in there for a couple of plays, uh, showing off his strength, pushing a lineman back into the lap of Daniel Jones a couple of times. There was two, I think there was two quarterback hits from Deion Jordan even getting involved. Both of those players had tackles for loss in this game. Javon Kinlaw getting his big old mitts up there and, and batting a pass down. Ziggy Ansah on the field for the 49ers' first third and eight, by the way. Wasn't sure how much he was going to play. They got him in there. And he's a, he's a sort of a power-rushing guy. He was huge. That, that fourth down, let's go to the fourth down stop. It's down in my notes here. Where was it? So it was, yeah, the defensive line, it was Al Shair that got credit for the tackle and Vrett was crashing in off the edge, but it was the defensive line that made the play. They stacked up Daniel Jones on that fourth down quarterback sneak. It was a huge play in the game. And the defensive line on that play was Eric Armstead, DJ Jones, Javon Kinlaw, and Ziggy Ansah left to right. And they all won. All four of those guys won their individual matchups. That was really cool to see. Then the linebackers were crashing in behind them and shooting gaps. And they stuffed him. They stuffed Daniel Jones hard. Uh, That was a really good game by the 49ers beat up defensive line. Kerry Hyder getting a pressure in the second quarter. Jones had to throw it away. Beat the right tackle badly. Cameron Fleming beat him again later in the game in the second half for a sack. Javon Kinlaw tackle for loss on Devontae Freeman. I mentioned the the batted ball from Javon Kinlaw in the first half. Eric Armstead got a pressure that negated a, a it was negated by a penalty on Dante Johnson, but um, Armstead showing some pass rush off the edge, getting some pressure. Ziggy Ansa and Eric Armstead pushing the pocket, and Fred Warner coming up with the huge interception. That was after the Jarek McKinnon touchdown to go up 16-6 to at halftime. That was, that was a big play in the game because the Giants were hanging around and the defense really helped out and helped out the offense and got the ball back to them. And a lot of big plays from a lot of 
people on the on the defense there, Kerry Hyder, and of course, I mean, it's just every week. I mean, every week, Fred Warner is going to be in contention for a game ball. Like that's how good of a player he is right now, and how consistently he is playing in all facets of the game. Robbie Gold had a pretty nice day with his long snapper struggling, which was really weird. And I think we'll get more information on this. Was it just straight up the yips? Is there something else going on in Kyle Nelson's life? It looked like he was having a hell of a time on the sideline. It can't be a coincidence that this happened against the New York Giants, by the way. Do you remember Trey Junkin in 2002? Maybe a little payback from the football gods. Obviously didn't cost the 49ers like it did the Giants that day. But Justin School. People were asking, who's the backup long snapper? I have no idea. Turned out to be Justin School who got in and long snapped on that last kick. But uh, Robbie Gold did have one miss, but I think overall he had a pretty nice game, as did Wisnowski, the punter, who had to pick the ball up and, and run with it and try to throw, make a play a couple times because of some bad snaps. So still Gold was 3 of 4 and had a 52-yarder and was pretty important in that win, putting up points, especially early for the 49ers. Let's give out some game balls. Who stood out to me most in this 36-9 win of the 49ers over the New York Giants in Week 3? Got to start with Nick Mullins. He absolutely gets a game ball here. 350 passing yards, just about. Uh, Quote from Shanahan after the game stuck out to me. He said, Nick was great, very poised. We went on a lot of long drives today. Better than not scoring, long drives can be exhausting. Uh, Better than not scoring meaning you know, long drives, but might have ended up in three instead of seven. Long drives can get exhausting, especially for me. Don't want to have to call so many plays. Nick kept his composure. That is amazing to hear. Like, imagine how a game is going if your play caller, whether it's your head coach or your offensive coordinator, is calling so many plays that they're exhausted doing it. He's exhausted calling so many plays. Like, what kind of a first world problem is that to have for your offense? Imagine if your play caller is getting tired of calling plays, how exhausted a defense must be. And that's how this game went for uh, the 49ers on offense and the Giants on defense. Shanahan continued heaping praise on Nick Mullins, saying, quote, he could make any throw we need him to make and he doesn't hesitate, end quote. I feel like he was throwing more praise at Mullins than he usually does for Jimmy Garoppolo. Not, I'm not trying to throw that out there to be like, oh, you know, quarterback controversy or anything like that, but he was complimentary of his quarterback and he isn't always that way with Jimmy G. Game ball for Jason Verrett. Love seeing Jason Verrett looking similar to the old Jason Verrett. That's a huge boost for the 49ers defense when they really needed that depth at cornerback. That was really awesome to see. And he needs to be on the field even when they're at full health because he's a really good player. Trent Williams, Jarek McKinnon, along with Jason Verrett. We're talking about legit comeback player of the year candidates. There's three of them on the 49ers. A fourth, if Jordan Reed could stay healthy and, and would get enough snaps with George Kittle back, he wouldn't get that kind of contention. But... Jordan Reed, too, missed all of last year, as did Trent Williams did, as did Jason Verrett, aside from, like, three snaps, as did Jerick McKinnon. Like, especially Verrett, Williams, and McKinnon. And McKinnon actually puts up the kind of stats and is a running back and gets enough recognition where he could actually get that award. And Trent Williams probably deserves it because he's one of the best players at his position still, and he's that good, but I don't think he'll get looked at that way because it was kind of up to him missing a lot of last year, too, but... Three legitimate comeback player of the year candidates on the 49ers right now. And uh, they were huge parts in that game for the 49ers to get that win. And it's crazy to think the 49ers needed to lean on Jordan Reed, Jarek McKinnon, Jason Verrett, three of the most injured players in the NFL over the last handful of seasons. And they still came out on top. 
Game ball for Kerry Hyder. Loved what I saw from him. Relentless, representing all the, really, the, the Kerry Hyder game ball sort of represents all the backups that are playing in starting roles for the 49ers right now. The definition of a team win. Replacements for so many missing starters. Ten missing starters that I mentioned earlier. Jimmy G, Kittle, Mostert, Samuel, Weston Richburg, Nick Bosa, D Ford, Drake Greenlaw, Richard Sherman. All those guys missing. You can't miss 10 combined starters and play as good as the 49ers did. That's pretty amazing. So definitely a team win. Kerry Hyder getting a game ball to represent all of the backups that were forced into a starting role and played like starters in this game against a bad football team in the New York Giants. Let's see if they can keep it up going forward. By the way, still beat the Giants by four scores. 27 points. Pretty amazing. 36-9, 49ers beat the Giants. We'll break down more as the week continues. Tuesday is all about your questions. What are your thoughts? What are your feelings about this 49ers season so far? What are your feelings about the game Sunday and going forward? Hit me with your questions on Twitter at BD Peacock, and we'll break all of those questions down and whatever else is going on in Ninerland tomorrow right here, Locked On 49ers. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.